Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I, I feel a little bad for you today still, I have to you say. You feel bad for me today? Yeah. You feel a week later? Todd feels bad for me, listeners, because we went to the uh, Jets-Bengals game. I went with uh, with, with Todd's, Todd's family, our friends uh, John Waldron and Paul Eisenstein, and I watched the Jets. It was just a non-competitive effort yeah. from everyone. My voice is still a little sore from yelling that Joe Flacco is human Xanax, which does, yeah. which it doesn't make as much sense. I think what I meant to say was uh, was Ambien, but I thought right. Xanax when you shout that at someone that it would cut through. It sounds a little. <laughs> we get worse. Amid the all the all amid all the Flacco sucks chance. You did not. Yes. Yeah. You I did not. It, steep I thought that it would. Low. C- yeah. Exactly. I thought it would. I thought it would cut through. The, so yeah. anyway, we'll 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 see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But it was a good victory for you. Uh, we are. It was. It was. Um. I, it was a little bit short of of the event of a victory. I think that right. would be a Super Bowl victory for right. for sure. Um. But uh, that is our topic today. We are talking about the event, the philosophy of the event, what it means to be a philosopher of event and political event. Uh, the political event. I want to put that. Uh, as a singular, that's very, very important. Not events, plural, but event. Uh, even though um, one of the, the philosophers we're going to talk about, uh, he doesn't write it with a big E. I think it's helpful to hear this as a big E, event right. with a with a up, uppercase E. Um, what we're going to do over the next three episodes and sort of to, to lay this out, uh, well, including this episode, is uh, we're going to engage uh, with the philosopher Alain Baju. And uh, this episode is going to be a bit of an introduction to one of the concepts that defines his work, uh, which is the event. The next episode, we're going to do a deep dive into um, Baju, uh, his works. And then the third episode uh, on a much requested topic that is very important, uh, important concept to uh, Baju is going to be on love. So that's the next uh, that's the next six weeks sort of laid out. Uh, and we're going to do some groundwork here by uh, establishing what it is to uh, to talk about the event in uh, political, theoretical, philosophical terms. Um, one of the other reasons why we're doing this is uh, we want to uh, talk about what's going on in Iran, uh, and the, uh, the feminist uh, revolution that is uh, taking place, uh, which is... Uh, I would say scandalously underreported in uh, mainstream uh, U.S. news. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, yeah. So, so we want to make sure to uh, to talk about uh, what, what's going on there in these terms. But to build up to that, we have to start from something of a beginning. Todd, where do we start? How how, how do we take on a concept this big? Well, how, let's, can, how can we talk about the event? Yeah, let's first. So we'll go. We're going to talk about three thinkers primarily. We're going to start with Heidegger, then talk about Badu, and then talk because Slavoj Žižek wrote a book called The Event in 2014. We'll we'll talk about him too. But I, I thought I think it'd be best for us to talk about what we think the event is first, and then mm-hmm. I think there are ways in which the three different thinkers have certain conceptions that we're going to accept, and certain conceptions we're going to challenge, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think we can lay out some terms. And the first thing I would say is that it's a it is a it's an effect that exceeds its causes, right? So it's a That's point nice. it's mm-hmm. a point in the social order, the symbolic structure that is excessive that goes beyond the different social symbolic causes that lead up to it. So for mm-hmm. instance, like the famous 
Cartesian example of the billiard ball. Like it's a strict causality. The effect is just the manifestation of the cause. But something like the French Revolution, it's or the Haitian Revolution, it's it whenever you read accounts of those events, it's all there's always something dissatisfying because they're like, here are the causes leading up to it. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Those causes were present also in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the 16th century, and it, why didn't it happen then? And so the mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. is that what happens exceeds the causes leading up to it. So I think that is really a key part of what defines the event. And then the other part I think that's really important is that it changes the deal, right? Like, so it's a, mm-hmm. if you think about it in terms of card playing, like there's a certain, you know, you shuffle, you deal out the cards. The event is a redeal, right? It's like everything. Mm-hmm. So you, you, rather than just, if you think of the one hand as your whole, as the life of a society, like you, rather than just playing out the hand, you get to redeal and start the hand over again, which, so I think that's really, that's what gives it its appeal. I think that people like this idea of you can, look, we can, for instance, in Iran, we can, rather than just doing what the authorities tell us we have to do and then being subject to being killed just because I have some hair that's not perfectly, you know, a, hidden by the, mm-hmm. my hijab, then I, I, I can, I can be killed. Right. So that, and then, mm-hmm. so there's, it, what's interesting is I think in Iran today, we're going to talk more about this as we go along, but what's interesting is the way in which they're attempting to precipitate an event through different actions. One of them is cutting their hair, right? So, okay, mm-hmm, you're gonna mm-hmm. kill me for my hair. So I'm gonna cut my hair off, so it's uh, so you can't you can't do that. So I think it's an interesting, uh, and I think a, a, a very thoughtful political way to try to precipitate some kind of eventual regime, like change of the not just change of the regime, but change of the entire structure of the society. Well, and I mean, it, it underlines how capricious and vindictive the prevailing order is that like like a, a gesture that like, you know, isolated from uh, political and cultural context is so mundane, right? Like could have such an excessive effect, right? And like, I think that's that's a that's a that's a really nice I think it's a really nice example yeah. uh, of what we're getting at here. I, I, I tend to uh, when, when I talk about the event, um in my classes, I tend to, um, do it in narrative terms. Like if you're watching an, uh, like a television show or a movie, there is almost always, there is one thing that is the license for the rest of the thing to happen. So like there, there are many, many, many events, small E plural in a, in a movie or a TV show, but there is usually one precipitating event. That is the, uh, to use the phrase again, the license for everything to, uh, to, to happen. Um, like the, what one of the one of the episodes of TV shows that that I um that that, that I talk about with this is the the marine biologist episode of Seinfeld, um, which is a, has a really really nice recursive uh, structure. Um, it happens because uh, Jerry lies to his two best friends. He tells two lies. He tells his friend Elaine that did you know this, Todd? That the original title of War and Peace was war, what is it good for? And it was Tolstoy's mistress who convinced him to change it to war and peace. That's the first lie he tells. The second lie he Elaine tells bought is that? to... She does. 
because yeah. he says I'm he says I'm not joking. Anyway, it she because she says, but it's a line from that song, and he says yeah. that's where they got it from. Oh. So he reverses the causality on that, which I think is really, really interesting. And then um, later he runs into someone that uh, George that, that he and George went to college with, and he lies to her, and uh, because George is unemployed and says that he's a marine biologist. And so he has to he has to pretend she calls him and they go on a date and anyway there's all kinds of consequences come of this because of the, the these this 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 lie like one one that he told to sort of bring a friend down and one lie he told to raise a friend up and it's but the it then shapes the, the terrain right exactly shapes the right. terrain that it, it, it could not the rest of the episode is impossible without him having done those things and so that's the like this is this will you're eventually be like a very like uh steeped in in, in Baju is that like there is bef- before this thing there was i guess I'll, I'll put it this way shapeless formless possibility and then after this thing there is there is a a, a strict uh a, 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 a possibility capital p that would not exist without the uh the preceding event like and right. so that's i think that's that's the that's the important thing that like um everything is up in the air and then there is a there is a spark and as you're saying it 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 exceeds uh not just that that spark but but like it it, it, it uh, i don't know it it lights things on fire that you didn't think could be tinder I'll, I'll put it that way yeah that's really good nicely put i really like that thank you so so that's the basic concept and we'll refine that a little bit more as we go along and talk about the different thinkers especially i think Badu will have something very specific to say about that. So will Slavoj. Our starting point is Heidegger, which is, it's unusual. I think it, I think most people would say, uh, look up event on <laughs> Wikipedia, and mm-hmm. Heidegger's probably not going to be the reference. There'll be probably a couple of analytic mm-hmm. philosophers and Badu, right? Like, I, or sure. maybe Deleuze will be listed. We're also not going to talk about him necessarily because he, it's not really in any of his published work so much that he talks about it. So we're going to, or major work. Kind of, kind of marginal, marginal notes. I think that's more of a marginal concept for Deleuze. Although don't email us to say, no, no, it's really central. We know how central it is for Deleuze. So um, (laughs) hopefully those people that would email us are no longer listening to the show anyway. Um, (laughs) Just about that question uh, about other things. Yeah. Free, of course. Um, So, so I think that, uh, Heidegger's take is, is is so interesting because, and I think it it in a way shapes Badu's thought unavowedly, right? Because mm-hmm. so here's what he, here's one of the things. So so okay, first of all, he so being in time is 1927, and that's the, mm-hmm. the major work major work published in his lifetime. So a lot of his later thinking he doesn't necessarily publish in his lifetime. Work from nineteen mid nineteen thirties. The contributions to philosophy by Trega is the German word, and then it, it's on the event on the Ereignis, and and what's interesting about that is it was first translated into English as contributions of philosophy on and knowing. They just invented this word and knowing, uh, mm. and then that didn't go over so well with Heidegger <laughs> scholars, and so it got retranslated just a few years after that by the same press, Indian University Press, with a new, so it's now Contributions to Philosophy of the Event, and so which is the correct title. The reason why they did that is because Heidegger, even when he's using a simple 
German word like Ereignis. He does he 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 changes the meaning of it. So they the translators were trying to get at this interest, but I don't know what knowing No one else knew what knowing meant. So or knowing. I don't even know what it. I guess it's knowing. It's not knowing. Knowing. So like mm. making the now. I guess is what they were going for. Um, oh, that sounds like for a soft drink or a, yeah, I know, you know it does. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, and there's a problem. Like, and, and now with yeah, Doctor Pepper. Now, and now, Sorry, right, continue. right. Yeah. So it, it was E N N O W. So it was very, it was very weird. But anyway, I, I felt bad for them because how like you spend how long translation such a thankless task and you spend mm-hmm. so long mm-hmm. and then the the press is like yeah 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 okay we're we're gonna make your translation obsolete five years later so. <laughs> Sad. Anyway, so what in this in the contributions of philosophy, which I don't necessarily recommend, but it is Heidegger's main theorization of the event. He says that this is one of the things in the essence of the truth of the event, everything true is simultaneously decided and grounded. Beings come to be, non-beings being slip into the semblance of being. So, kind of exactly what you said with the Seinfeld thing, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. the event gra- is a grounding act right so it it it, mm-hmm. it it grounds us but what heidegger says and i think this will become important in a way for the for for badu that the event comes to us from the outside so for heidegger mm-hmm. it comes from god but not in a he doesn't mean in a divine sense so that that if the event really gives us a certain idea of the divine and he also thinks that the event is what can save us from the hustle and bustle of the technological world. So it, mm-hmm. it will open us back up to being. So it's the main preoccupation of Heidegger's later thought is what he calls the forgetting of being. And he sees the event as this moment that can bring us back. And like, it's almost like a, it's like you're on the table, you know, and the doctors shock you. And then, so you're okay. So you're shocked out of your entrancement with, with technology mm-hmm. and you're back into in, into actual being, right? So I think that that's the idea for Heidegger. Now, is it fair to say that for Heidegger that the, uh, it's a, I would say, well, how about this? It's a problem that the event seems to come so clearly from without. Yeah. That it, it, it it's, it's sort of like it's visited upon a people. It's not like from and of a people. No, it's absolutely right because he even says something like being appropriates uh, Dasein and occurs as an event. So it's like being appropriates us in mm-hmm. the form of the event, right? So it's not so mm-hmm. it's radically what you just said. It's not okay. just oh yeah, it's ex-. no, like being and this is why in this famous interview with Der Spiegel that he that he gave, gives in the late 60s and then his I think 68, and then it's published in 75 after he died, maybe 76. Uh, Heidegger says, only a God can save us. They even titled the interview that way. And I think mm. it's the that's the real sense of event, right? Like, mm. we can't save ourselves. We need this event coming from the outside to save us. It's Don't you think it's striking, too, how much we think this way? Like, how much we think? Yeah. Like, just in terms of... I, I'm just thinking of in terms of say American politics or even world okay. politics, like, oh, we just need a real catastrophe and then people will take global warming seriously. Right? Or yeah. or yeah. we just need Trump to get prosecuted and indicted and then it will be free of him. Right? Like like it's, there's all it, yeah. 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 
Well, it's it's isn't it like I, I think it's it goes um it goes hand in hand with the with the idea that um uh history will not look at blank kindly or 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 right. th- these these people will be on the wrong side of history. Wrong side of it's history, like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like so it for one it treats history as inevitable and and all and not this like this this perspective this this uh the standpoint that has to be one how do you know that how like how why 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 do we know for sure right. that the the republicans who are making it impossible for trans kids to just like exist how do we know they're going to end up on the wrong side of history like that has to be won and fought for to make sure of that like that's not just like gonna happen uh, like of its own volition, like, like, like we don't have to do anything about it. Like, like and, and I, so yeah, like, I, I think you're, I think you're right. Like we, like the, we, we do radically invest on uh, like the, these, these events from, from without that will change the way, like everybody thinks Trump being prosecuted. Like someone has to do that. First of all, you know, right, like, that's not right. just gonna like, there, there's not like there, there aren't the, <laughs> there aren't the gods of the justice system who just need to wake up and then like suddenly like, uh, like it, it's, it's, it's the thing that drives me crazy that like, if you wait, if you, if what you are waiting for is for the, the, uh, for right-wing hypocrisy, like for the, for them to, to be crushed under the weight of their hypocrisy, hypocrisy, you'll be waiting a long time because you will be crushed by the weight right. of their hypocrisy. Right. Like, like they, they will not be crushed by it. Like right. it has to be, yeah. has to be won and, and fought for. Has to be won and fought for. Right. I mean, it's, it's interesting today that while we're recording this, there's a vote in Brazil, whereas Lula, Versus Bolsonaro, yeah. right? And like you could, yeah. I think one could easily claim that the the entire inhabitability of the planet rests on this, or po- <laughs> even the possibility it's, it's of huge. saving the inhabitability of the planet rests on this vote. Yeah. And it, but it's not like, so if that, like if Bolsonaro wins and we end up going down this path of like, you know, the warming, increasing fascism, et cetera, et cetera, then no, history is going to actually judge. You know, Obama loves to say that line: "Be on the right side of history." But right, it'll right. turn out you were actually on the wrong side of history because yes. the people that won the historical struggle were looking back and saying, "Ah, uh, you know, what was this? What was this? These these liberals? What were they advocating?" Oh. You know. So I, I think. Well, you that, know what? That, yeah, yeah, they they were just holding back. They were holding back value for stockholders. Look at That's these right. people. That's right. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right, yes. exactly. Or, or they were they were standing in the way of the march of, of traditional values, technological or technological. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of values. Yeah. You could even put it in those terms, right? Like, yeah, you know, like the traditional. I mean, that's how Putin puts it, right? Like he mm-hmm. he's, he thinks mm-hmm. of himself as a defender of Christianity and Christian values. Right. So right. I think that that I think you're I think that's such a great point. You have absolutely no assurance that you're on the right side of history. And I think that is tied to this event coming from the outside. And I think we should be very wary of taking our political cues from Martin Heidegger. Like, I think, (laughs) you know, I think he could be right. Fair point. I think he could be right about a lot of things, but I think we're all, we're sort of in unanimity, I can't say that word, of of Mm -hmm. the fact that he, politically, he's not, he doesn't have the best instincts right mm-hmm. and so i think that that idea of event as coming from god or coming from outside i think there's a little danger attached to that and and you know then for heidegger then we're responding to it like it 
even that idea, only a God can save us, and then mm-hmm. then it'll be up to us to be the equal of that salvation for him, right? So isn't this why, isn't this precisely why, um, and I'm sorry I'm about to do this because you don't like talking about yourself and your own work. Isn't this precisely why you titled your book on comedy, Only a Joke Can Save Us? Because you're moving it from the terrain of the without and putting it like it, almost on the terrain of the mundane. And yeah, the within. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so. Absolutely. That, 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 that book was a definite explicit reference to Heidegger. And, and for that reason, right? Like the joke mm-hmm. is like, it's not coming from without. We, we have to make them up. I have to say, I was, I was at a talk, uh, like just a week and a half ago and, I got the best question I've ever got. This ties to your point. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, got no. the best question I've ever had in a talk, and someone just raised their hand because I, I I had come up with a few jokes that I used in the talk, and someone said, "Can you tell me what your strategy is for making up a joke?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was so happy. My answer was about twenty minutes long, and the rest of the people were like, "Are you kidding me? I'm ready to go to dinner." <laughs> but uh, uh, that so was I, t- pretty... I take that back. You do like talking about yourself in certain in certain <laughs> ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. I that was a point where I actually I used it as a. I didn't really give that many good hints, but I used it as a chance to tell a lot of the jokes that I've made up myself. <laughs> so. It was your. I think I said this to you. It was your philosophy of composition. The the great, that's right. The, the, the yeah. important essay to both of us, I think, by Poe. Yeah. Um, so m- moving from from um, Heidegger, though, I think. Uh, onto onto Baju, there is uh, there's a shift, yeah, and and well, certainly I, a political one, right? Right. I mean, do you want to speak yeah. to that because I think that's important, right? Definitely, yeah. I um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna set this up from uh, I, I I don't I'm not gonna say this is my favorite book of um of, of Baju's, but uh, I I do tend to think that interviews with philosophers are really, really great. They're very cool. They're like Derrida has some uh, books of interviews with him. I think they're great. I, um, I think this book, it's called philosophy. Foucault even. I think the Foucault even, yeah. Like power knowledge, I think is a great, it's, it's in a certain way. It's, it's more lucid than discipline and punish or history of sexuality. Right. Yeah. I agree totally. And I think um, like there are some interviews collected in ethics, subjectivity and truth that are really, really cool. And in his last, his last, his last published interview, he talks about, we were just talking about Heidegger about how influential Heidegger was on, on his work. It's like the right. only reference, you know? Um, so I, I, I think inter- interviews have the status. I wonder if you'll agree with me on this. I think interviews with philosophers have the status of the greatest hits collection for artists. I agree. Which is like, they're like they're they're worthless. You're a fake fan if you think these right. are if that, that's your you know. It's like oh my favorite album is Changes by Bowie. It's like fake fan greatest hits. Can't <laughs> you, you know get out of here? Uh, right, 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 but um, right. but but you know sometimes like actually there's um, I've probably said that in my lifetime. So you, you really hit home with that one. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like there's actually um, there was another more recent one i think it's called uh nothing has changed uh the, the, like a more recent um greatest hits that has like a a song from absolute beginners on it like some of the more recent like the it was yeah. like like whack, like this like dark jazz stuff that Bowie... anyway um to, to talk about him for a second but um but yeah i think interviews with philosophers have the same status of that like it's 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 Agreed. Um, like it's almost Agreed. like 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 it's too distilled it's like it, yeah. it, it it lacks the 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 difficulty of the of the monograph so you're you're not really getting anything out of it but yeah. i'm big advocate for the uh for the interview and so it, this is on page nine of this of this book philosophy in the event yeah sorry philosophy and event yeah. oh 
Yeah, and he and he's just asked straight out, what is in fact a political event? And so he says this, for me, an event is something that brings to light a possibility that was invisible or even unthinkable. An event is not by itself the creation of a reality, it is the creation of a possibility. It opens up a possibility. It indicates to us that a possibility exists that has been ignored. The event is, in a certain way, merely a proposition. It proposes something to us. Everything will depend on the way in which the possibility proposed by the event is grasped, elaborated, incorporated, and set out in the world. This is what I name a truth procedure. The event creates a possibility, but there then has to be an effort, a group effort in the political context, an individual one in the case of artistic creation, for this possibility to become real. That is, for it to be inscribed step by step in the world. It's a matter here of the consequences in the real world of the rupture that the event is. I speak of truth because something is created that sets down not simply the law of the world, but its truth. And I think this is a fabulous it's pretty good. definition and, yeah. and jumping off point for and And it, it does. So you can see, I, I don't know necessarily that Heidegger is influential here, but there is a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't think it's the same thing. Like for, for Heidegger, it's, it's radically from without only a God can save us. Like, like right. almost, you know what? It's I, I think Heidegger inspired, um, uh, insurance claims. Do you know this? Like if, if it's, if there's a, <laughs> the act there's of a God. storm, yeah. the act of God, right. There's a yeah. storm. There's a, like a weather event. That's act of God, not covered right. by insurance. Right. The, so, uh, um, what I think for, for Baju, there is, um, there is something um, to, to use uh, uh, Lacan's uh, notion on uh, the, the idea of the abshaya, and to bring a little bit of love into this. Uh, there's an in you more than you, like there's an there's an like an in in the social more than the social yeah. that is something that gives rise to the event. And then the crucial part for him is not from whence it came, but that we pay fidelity to it afterwards. Right, that we are faithful to the event. And I think that's, that's like definitely not in, in Heidegger who, who thinks right. uh, in, in these like this, like outside, like causal terms right. where, uh, but Jew has, has, has shifted, uh, the terrain of the idea. It's a great point. I think that, yeah, I mean, I think there, I think there's a slight influence of Heidegger, but I think your point is right that for Badu, there's the, there's already the evental site within mm the symbolic mm-hmm. structure, right? Within the, what he would call the situation, right? Every situation, yeah. I don't know, does he think every, I, I assume he thinks every situation has an evental site, right? But it just doesn't get manifested. Well, b- back that up and explain that term. Okay. We're, ta- we're, we're doing this for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the situation is what Lacan would he, call... He was the, on Jersey Shore and his name is Mike. <laughs> no, continue, sorry. Well, Lacan would call the symbolic order. It's just the every, it's the structure of everydayness, right? So it's the, mm-hmm. the situation is what informs, conditions, allows for our everyday life, right? And mm-hmm. so the event is a disruption of that, but it always can only occur at what he calls an evental site, which means... That every situ that the situation has a point of where it's flimsy, right? Where it's uh, mm. where it's there, it's 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 incomplete, or it doesn't fully cover successfully this point of a whole. What Lacan would call a hole within the symbolic structure, right? Right, right. So, so the, the 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 real the point of the real the in, real in, right. In so there's a real yeah. the, and. I, 
I don't mean to overuse the word real, but there's a real link between mm-hmm. Badu and Lacan on precisely on this idea of the eventual site. Now, Lacan would not mm-hmm. see, I don't think he would believe in the event in the way that Badu does, because I think Badu sees the event as a purely positive moment. And I think mm-hmm. Lacan, despite his uh, waffling around Hegel, is a, mu- a more dialectical thinker than Badu. The other thing mm-hmm. I would say about mm-hmm. this is it's not, and I think this is really important, that it's not the contradictions of the situation, the contradictions of the symbolic social order that mm-hmm. create the eventual site. The eventual site is just this point where the event could explode, right? So it's not, mm-hmm. there, there's not, and I, this is, so Badu's main two terms around event are event and situation. So the event is the mm-hmm. abnormal moment where things are shattered where the situation is yeah. shattered. The situation mm-hmm. is the normal structure. There is not a dialectical relation between them. So it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, uh, contradictions in the situation produce the event, or the event right. gets whatever, something happens to it, then that leads to a new situation. No, no. There, there, there's, a, there's a radical incompatibility for him between event and situation, which is... Interesting, but again, I think distances him from the people that we usually talk about here, like Hegel and Lacan, right? Like that, yeah. because, and even Marx, even though he is a, he's much more, he's even said this, someone said to him, oh, you're, you're much more a communist than you are a Marxist. He's like, oh, you got me. And, and I think that's right. <laughs> I think it's right to say that because, just because he's so much not a dialectical thinker. And if you I've heard people say that to him, and he's like, no, no, I'm not. But it's it's clear that he, he I think it's pretty clear that he isn't. Anyway, just a yeah. little bit well, of back. Something, yeah, go ahead. You, yeah, you a little bit of back. Oh, no, I mean, that's something we'll for sure pick up um, in the in the next episode. And I think it's, for me, I think Baju is the, uh, is the great contemporary dualist. Not as in he's going to shoot you with his gun, but yeah. as in, like, there's a, a dualism at the center of, uh, of his Wasn't that you know, Ridley Scott's philosophy? first movie? <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like that. Or no, 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 no. It was a, uh, it was uh, Spielberg. It was uh, Spielberg. No, dual is Spo- Spielberg. Dual, I but know, I think no, the yeah. dualist really, or dualist maybe plural. I think it really was Ridley Scott's before, before Alien and Blade Runner. So that's uh so I think we've got our lesson early. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, no, I think, I think I know what the lesson's going to be, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll get there. Um, yeah, yeah no, I think, I think th- this, um, I think what, something spoiler for the, uh, for the next episode, we, we, what we'll want to look at is that like, what is the possibility of injecting a dialectical relationship? Right. Like what, what kind of consequences does it present? for uh for Bajou's philosophy to to move him uh, along my triangle of dualism multiplicity uh, uh dialectics t- to the to the dialectical side of it but i think with just taking him seriously on his own terms and, and working through you know him and his own words like the the dualism he um he presents i, I think is um it's it's provocative. I think it's also a little seductive. Like I yeah. like I think it's it's yeah. really I think it's really easy. And I don't mean this in a in, in a uh, a chiding or condescending way. I think it's really easy to get into this idea. Um, I uh, Frank Ruta um, said something. You know, I never wrote this down, but I always remembered this, so I must have really really liked it. He said something really interesting about the relationship between 
um, event and situation, which was that he didn't think it made sense in a, a Bajuian uh, terms to think that the event becomes exhausted. So there's some, so think, so, so I, this is something that Baju believes is a, is a event. I mean, this is worth talking about either this in this episode or the next one, like what political events, uh, mm, uh, lowercase E he considers to be event uppercase E clearly one is the French revolution. So right. it's not the, so it, it wouldn't be proper to say like, Oh, the, uh, the revolutionary spirit of, in Bajuing terms, it would not be proper to say this, that the revolutionary spirit of the French Revolution, it becomes exhausted with um, with Napoleon, for like, for example. Or, or, this is or Frank's after. point. This would be, this is Frank's point, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't say exhausted. What you would, what the, the better term would be saturated, that the event saturates the situation. So I, I and, and what I, what I think, what I, if if I was being really really I don't know about if picky is the thing I think part of the reason why I like it is that I think it does bring a little bit of the dialectic yeah it does the idea. it does yeah. you know because I, I if I'm remembering and this was years ago that he said this and I'm not sure if he's written this someplace so uh, well he wrote a book I'm, called Four Bad News so that was his first book I think so I I imagine oh. he wrote it down yeah he might he must have been so I don't know if this is point is in that book so yeah, yeah. maybe it is maybe it isn't and maybe i'm going to be misrepresenting it but for for me like what i took from him saying that and i do think this is a little bit maybe a, a step that but wouldn't take but i think it's worthwhile for the idea in our investigation is that the there is a moment where you like there will be a historical moment where you can't go back to to the event yeah like you 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 know you like uh France, like you, you can't. I, I don't think it's, it would be possible. I mean, you're more familiar with French politics than I am, but I think you would agree with me. Like, you can't go back to that revolutionary spirit like tomorrow. Like, people right. just you just can't decide to do that. The French Revolution spirit tomorrow, like it just it can't happen. But part and why is that? Is not because it's like um, it's not like you dumped a water bottle out onto the sidewalk and then and that's the event. It had that much uh, uh, torsion and energy, and then it's extinguished it's that there is something about the the situation that has been altered um and it's been saturated by that event and now what we have is a new situation that has been formed and informed by that event but the to the point where the the event itself is uh probably wrongly but it's it seems no longer necessary Right and no, it's 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 no longer formative of 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 what the uh, the current day to day reality is, and so that that I, I think it's an interesting idea to put into this is that like, what's the process of of saturation for the event? Yeah, yeah. Know, what do you what yeah. do you think of that? No, it's a great point. It's a great point, and you know, Badu talks a lot about the event in his philosophy, but I don't think he ever goes so far as to clarify what that process of saturation entails, right? But he mm-hmm. does certainly think that 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 happens, right? An event kind of mm-hmm. it 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 ceases to be like being faithful to it ceases to be a radical position. I get that's another way yeah. I think to say Yeah, it. that's great. Yeah. yeah. So a couple things. I think it's interesting that for Badu so Badu so theory of the subject is his first great book. I think his best book. I really think it's great. Ah. So it's early 80s, 82 maybe. And then being an event is 88. So he mentions the event in theory of the subject, but never doesn't mm-hmm. develop. It's briefly mentioned, not developed. 
But then in being an event, it really gets developed. So that's really the breakthrough book. And then and then he further, uh, how would you say, clarifies it, develops it in the book on St. Paul in the early 90s. So those, <laughs> I think, that those two books are the main point of reference. But of course, Philosophy and Event that you mentioned, this set of interviews as well. But it's what's a couple. Then the other thing I was going to say was that for Badu, the event is always progressive. And I've always, mm. I, I tried to ask him this. I once had, uh, was, you know, was hung out with him for a day. I mean, <laughs> I don't have beers, but we were just chatting. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and he didn't really, I, I mean, like, how do I just said, how do you know that the event is necessarily, it's like this question you're like about the right side of history. Like yeah, he's yeah. very clear that Nazi is Holocaust isn't an event. None of these reactionary movements can, like Napoleon can't be an event. If Putin launches his nuclear weapon, or, or when the U.S. launched nuclear weapons and at the end of World War II, that wasn't an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so I just said, how do you know that the event is progressive, right? That it's, mm-hmm. it's on the side of emancipation and not on the, like, because can it, can't an, a, a small e event that mm-hmm. is uh, is actually furthering, I don't know, f- the development of fascism on the planet. Have it have a be an apocal moment that shifts everything, right? And he, yeah. he and you know, my French probably was pretty terrible, but he 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 didn't really answer that. And I, I I and he what he said was that it can't be like that the the idea of equal and maybe this is a good answer. He said that the mm-hmm. idea of universal equality is written into the event itself. So that's why mm-hmm. none of the reactionary movements like Holocaust, dropping of atomic bomb, none of those movements can have the status of an event. So I, th- I found that an interesting answer. I don't know if it's, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I buy, I guess I buy that. I mean, I, I guess I think, I don't know. I, I don't, do you have a sense of that? Like, I, I guess well, I'd have to think about it a little bit more because I do think, <laughs> you know, like the way that, I mean, think about how people talk about Holocaust. They talk about it as if they're disciples because they say, mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. the Holocaust, but they say, remember Holocaust not to sustain its energy, but so that it doesn't happen again, which is, of course, different sure. than what Badu means. Well, his point isn't his point about why he doesn't consider the Holocaust to be uh, an event in his system is that it didn't. It, it was not emancipatory, as in, like, it did not raise up the circumstances. No, I agree, but, but Ryan, yeah. that, isn't that well, begging wanted, the question? I just to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. It's begging, to me, that's begging the question, because yeah. what is it that yeah. makes, like, you can have this terrain shift that's mm-hmm. retrograde, not emancipatory, and who's right. to say so that's not an it, event? Yeah, so why structurally yeah. is, does it, yeah. does it ha- like, by necessity... Why does it have right, to be right. um, emancipatory? I mean, I think, um, well, isn't this a little bit like, I'm going to bring this back to your, to your book on comedy. Like, isn't this a little bit of thing that, that, that he actually and other people have done with comedy that like comedy always has to be emancipatory in their systems. And so there's no, uh, so their theories break down when you talk about uh, racist jokes, for example. Right, right. Um, he just thinks so, racist jokes aren't funny. And to me, right. that's just another way of saying the reactionary event isn't an event. Like, I right, just right, I just think right. it's, I, I think, like, okay, but that just seems arbitrary to me because 
you and I, like I could tell, I mean, I, w- I can tell a pretty funny anti-Semitic joke right now told to me by my <laughs> Jewish kids. So just to be clear, <laughs> but, but right, 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 I, right. it's pretty funny and like, I'm not going to do it, but it's pretty funny. And so you can't just say like, Oh, those jokes aren't funny. And Alenka yeah, thinks that right. too. Well, Alenka thinks that too, yeah. that those jokes just aren't funny, but sorry. Well, that, it, I, 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 it, yeah. Well, it's cause what you're looking for, what you're looking for is the, the structural necessity rather yes, than like, yes, yes. because when, cause when you're doing it at that level, it's like, well, I don't find that funny. Therefore it's not part of my system. And then that, I think you've lost a lot. Like you've now made, you've now made this uh, unnecessary concession to say that your theory is personal particular rather than emancipatory universal. Right. right. I, doesn't I, I, it like, like when you do that, let's try to think it through though. Like, doesn't it like, okay. so his, his clue to me was the mm-hmm. event holds within it, the idea of universal equality. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so me, and I think it's because, the event is what can't be, and I think this is the key, can't be represented, right? Like the, mm. like everything else within the situation mm-hmm. can be represented, right? But the, the, the event, he even calls it, I think he calls it something like an unpresented element, right? Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not present. And so I think it's, I think it's linked to this idea that, what's universal is what is absent within the situation, absent within the symbolic structure, absent within the social mm-hmm. order. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. that, maybe that gets it there, but it's still, yeah. that's doing a lot of work, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, not. that's, a, that's, that's better. I mean, that's certainly it's better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know what, to go along with that and just because we wanted to, to make, to, to kind of position this, like one of the, one of the, um, one of the problems, uh, one of the problems I have with, uh, I think, Bajou's position is a problem I have with Hegel's position, and a problem I have with a lot of philosophers, incidentally, mm-hmm. not Slavoj Žižek, is that, um, as I put it to you, a lot of philosophers uh, pretend they do not have necks, as in they do not stick them out, um, right. and 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 c- call in the air, um, you know, political, you know, movements when when they're happening. So like. There is a little bit of the. I like that baseball reference. You got to call it in the air. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the there is the. I think we have the the creep of um, of Heidegger back in here, which is like you um, like oh I can't I you can't I can't call the event in the air, but I know it when I see it. Right. And I think that it it ends up being um, deagentializing, and it means like you have to wait for it. This is the whole. You know, we're, we'll eventually have to do a podcast on philosophy of right and Owl of Minerva. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure, but like that is the that's kind of the pr- problem with with it seems to be the problem with Hegel's idea there is that like y- you a philosopher can't be um, an activist in in history. You wait for have to wait for history to play out a little bit to be able to determine whether something was a revolt or something was a revolution. Right. If it sustains itself and changes the the political order well then that was a revolution if it was if it gets um saturated into the situation and things more or less go back to the way they were say may 68 uh then then that's that's a revolt it's not not a revolution because it didn't and i i just kind of think that puts sort of two things that like it, it puts the um it puts the philosopher in the meta language position of being like mm-hmm. outside this like outside observer um, yeah. and, uh, like it, 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 oh, and it overprivileges, I think not being 
like wrong or 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 you know like not being wrong. Do yeah. Something. yeah. Yeah. Like like it would do something harmful to your theory to say like to to say like for for Baju to say I think what's happening in in, in Iran is an example of the event par excellence. He's probably not going to say that. He's not going to so, say that. So um, right. he's not going to say that. And 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 I think I think that's a um, I think that's a that's a major problem that, well, that, um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, that's a great point. I, I, he doesn't have the excuse that we do because Le Monde actually is covering the event, unlike the New York Times. So, uh, <laughs> just, and do you know I, the, fr- I just want to make sure to mention, like, this is nowhere in the Western, or at least the mainstream Western mm-hmm. press, at least that I've seen. Like, um, right, I, like uh, even uh, Guardian, it's true. It's, tr- it's not just American. I mean, although it gets a little, I've a little bit more in Der Spiegel and Le Monde, but it's not. Mm. It's not as it's not like what you would think. So I mean, they're they're and so preoccupied. You, Go ahead. I, I had to tell you that the if I didn't get the email from uh, hi Sarah, if I didn't get a, a, an email from a listener, um, uh, an Iranian listener, to tell me that all all across the country that the people are are rising up and chanting "Women, Life, Freedom," I would not have known about it. Like right. from from you know, and 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 like I, you know, uh, I. I want to spend a little bit of time on, on that, you know, like, you know, liberty, equality, fraternity kind of, kind of yeah. uh, uh, thing there. And I, one of the things that, that I, one of the things that I love about that, um, that chant is, is that um, it shows to me how, um, <laughs> how liberals are weenies in the United States, because as I, because if you chanted that here, um, life and freedom are two words that liberals have given up the terrain to the right to in this country. Yeah. To conservatives yeah. completely, life yeah. is uh, that that is a that is a, uh, a a conservative thing that has to be that's anti-abortion, right. you know. And freedom is uh, is also a, a a dirty word that that is the the rallying cry of the alt right here. Like we just like and and uh, did, I think didn't wasn't Janis Joplin a leftist though? I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, know. you know. Yeah. Although she was word. maybe dismissive of it, right? Because mm. mm. it's just another word, right? For, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I you know I can never hear that without this great thirty. Just a brief aside: this great Thirty Rock uh, line of um, a, an unlicensed Janis Joplin biopic, where the line is um, "synonym is just another word for the word you want to use." I think <laughs> it's like the funniest. It's the funniest, one of the funniest things that's ever been on. That's American one of the Network funniest television. slides ever. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's pretty Did great. Did Tina Fey write great. that? That's pretty great. I so yeah yeah possibly or Donald yeah. Glover when he was uh, writing for the show. Wow, who, who knows? But wow. yeah, it's great. Um, but the but yeah, so like you can you can see. I think I don't think that's an index of like the condescending way to to put this would be like oh well that phrase is liberatory for a place like Iran yeah, yeah. who hasn't move forward yeah. in democracy but yeah. now we're here and you know we need different work like that would be the total like liberal uh, uh condescension to, to that like right. i like i i i think what is being captured in iran is, is exactly like the exactly what the the liberatory currency is of those ideas okay of those concepts and like why that it is a um I don't know. I, I I think what would be the phrase? Like it's an unconscious choice to let to let them to let them go. Like to to like to to to, to seed them to yes. seed that territory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I think. I, um, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't know n- nearly as much as I know about it without Farshid Kasimi, who is who who 
nicely emailed me to like has kept me abreast of what's going on. I wouldn't know like the hair cutting, like the even men are mm. cutting their hair. Yeah. And, you know, like it's just it's it's shocking and I I it I wonder what the I I, I, it's hard to even say what the point of it of the of the censorship is really right like yeah. it's, mm. is it we can only have one i i i uh, i think one <laughs> of the possibilities is that it threatens in the just the way you said right like it it it's a political it's a universalist political movement that threatens the liberal established position in the mm. west right like that that yeah. has to be it i think it has to be it and it also, yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing, don't you think it nicely shows how each social order has the same fault line? Like what you, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's located differently in, in different ones, but they both have the same, like this struggle against, what we, I, I, you know, whatever, reactionary, the reactionary political movement in the, in the, in the West is the, it's exactly what's going on in Iran. So I think it's it's mm-hmm. it's a very you know that's Todd. I think yeah. that's I think that's a I think that's exactly it. Which is that the coverage, you know, this would be no. I don't think anyone would say this consciously, but the the prohibition on the coverage is is so that we don't see how in the West exactly how much our struggle is inscribed in in the right. struggle in Iran. Right. No, because there right. does have to. Because there does have to be like the new newspaper, you know, the the newspaper of record, the New York Times does have to maintain this sort of this racist split between the Western world and the Middle East like that, like in the same way that they do with, you know, Africa, the single story of Africa, that it's just these tangential governments that are always on the verge of falling apart and and you you can't sustain like that, that single that sort of single story has to be maintained over right. over anything else or else you would see the the universality of the political struggle right uh right. and yeah which which is um and, and i don't know necessarily that we're we're, we're we can go back to talking about Badu on this but well i want to i want to come i, I want to okay. come up just one last thing on Badu because oh, yeah. i think you were hitting it's on this exact issue about sticking your neck out right like he's been an important political actor so i don't mean to you know uh challenge his courage or anything but i do think in fact more than say us or more than Slavoj, more than a lot yeah. of people, he's gotten really mm-hmm. hands dirty in political organization and activism. But I think mm-hmm. philosoph- the the point isn't about that, like his personal yeah. political action. The point is about the theoretical move, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he mm-hmm. can't. Yes. He he. The only position you can take up relative to the event is to be its disciple, right? To be yeah. to have fidelity to the event, to be faithful to the event. And and mm-hmm. in the middle of being in time, he says this fascinating thing that touches on exactly. Oh, you just what, did it! That's so funny. You did it. You did this pre-show. You oh said my being god! In time. Yeah. Okay. In the <laughs> middle, <laughs> he wants us to do that though. So I, I, That's I do. True. I have to say that he titled this <laughs> just so that people would mix it up with being in time and being in nothingness. So so I I feel mm-hmm. justified in that way. Okay. In, <laughs> but in, in being an event in the right toward the middle, he says. The entire effort, he's saying political effort, right, lies in following the event's consequences, being faithful to it, not in glorifying its occurrence. And this is the key line. There is no more an angelic herald of the event than there is a hero. Being does not commence. And Mm -hmm. I think what we both want to say is, uh, sorry, there are angelic heralds of the event and there are heroes of the event, right? The heroes of the event are the people in Iran cutting their, shaving their heads, cutting their hair, right? Yeah. And and yeah. 
And, yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting if that was publicized widely and there was all of a sudden a movement among feminism in America to like people or in the West cut their hair in this act of solidarity mm-hmm. with people in Iran, yeah. right? That would be, I would shave my head for that. It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be a real act of sacrifice. Hold, on, my hold on a second. <laughs> but, but it's true. But it's true. Like instead what we have, like, I wish I took a photo of it. Like I, I, I cause I haven't been able to, to find it this morning, but there was the, in the New York times yesterday, there was like at the, the title, it was really generalized. It wasn't about Iran. It was like, as protest movements spring up, uh, worldwide, um, the efficacy of such protests uh, has been questioned by critics, and it's like, like uh, that—that's just you know, it's just so timesy. I told you about the the existence of the uh, the New York Times pitch bot, this like yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Twitter handle. That l- what it does is um, it makes up fake t- uh, titles for New- for New York Times articles based on like a- a real world uh, you know historical events. The best one that stands out in my mind is 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 this one, and I'm probably changing it in the heresy of my paraphrase, but um, 13,347 NYPD officers uh, uh, became vaccinated, period. Here's an interview with 18 who didn't. And it's like, that's like the, that, that is the, in this contemporary moment of the New York times, that is their classic manufactured objectivity. And, and this like, and and it shows like really great, like they, like, I think that the, the, the pitch bot doing these things prevents the New York times from actually doing articles like this, which is why I think it's a, I think it's a great um, actor uh, 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 for, for reparative work in the world. But, but it's, you can, you can see even with my heretic, uh, uh, heretically paraphrased, uh, memory of, of their, um, uh, their, their article about like protest movements in the world that like, what they have to do is like, is throw this total suspicion like mm, but is it a waste of time to do this right read the article to find out and it's like it's uh, like what 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 that take that with that view what that framing presupposes is that these things are not existential necessities that these yeah. protest movements are are not existentially necessary and and that's the whole like that's one of the big uh, uh liberal problems is this like is this distance this like that this you know this arm's length thing like well you can't be what you're too biased if you're in the pro you know you need to take a sober view of things and and like it might be too quick to cut away from fossil fuels and you know we really you know like this that this kind of this kind of thing these like these liberal talking points as though these issues are again they're they're not they're, they're not demands like they're not like urgent and i and i think that that's like like one of i i think are over you know we've done over 100 episodes and I, and I think one of like our, our our principles is to like where what receives the most pushback from us is it's if someone is representing their their philosophy or their theory and it's um n- not urgent right it's not an right. Ur- like i don't right. think i think i think we would we would like to if, if everything that was theory was urgent then anything that wasn't, you would just call it something else. <laughs> but like, I, like, like, like right. theory, theory, right. theory, I think, I think theory worthy of the name, it has to be right. urgent and, right. and, 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 uh, right, right in your, right in your face and, and, and showing the, the, like, you can't, you can't take the, the, the cool, uh, ob- objective, 
uh, uh, view, like the, the, the very act of taking that kind of space is to be put it in a Bajuian term is not paying fidelity to the like right. necessity and the urgency right. I mean, of the event. It, I think it's interesting that Badu has that same sense of urgency, but it's always after the fact, right? Like it's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For Cause sure. even, even the evental site is only an evental site insofar as that there's an event that comes later that was constituted as an event by the mm-hmm. disciples of the event who were faithful to it. Right. So <laughs> right, that's right, why, right, right, right. So his position yeah. on May 68 is it's too soon to tell, right? Like mm, we don't know yet. So French Revolution, Russian Revolution, and interestingly, cultural revolution, I think he also thinks, and China, I think, I think for him is also an event. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think he thinks, okay, enough time has gone by, the shift has become evident, we know those are events. So that, I think, is a, I think that's really, so the urgency is always to, and the struggle is always to make that into an actual event and don't let it just slip into the situation, which I think he, mm-hmm. he thinks is always the danger. And then if that happens, then it never was. It's not like, oh, it was an event that was lost. It, it never was an event for him. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're, we'll, we'll get into more in the, uh, specifically in the next episode, but that, I think that would be a bone, bone, bone of contention for me. That yeah. That's just like, yeah. it's a, it's a little too clean. Right. Right. Like, like right. you get, you, you know, you get to have the nice, the nice lines of like, oh nope, <laughs> it, it it messed up. It could have been could have been an, an event, but it uh, but it was not. Or so, but, right, uh, so there's yeah. never a failed event, right? Like there right, can't right, be right. a failed an but event. But that would that, be. But see, that's the. Oh, I, so this is the thing that bothered me is that like he could just he that could be part of his thing. Like that yeah. could be part of his system. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think like easily like you like lean into the principles that you know that he develops of this is that like. To say like okay, this would be this is example. This is a failed event. Like and and I I don't know. I just like I think that's well, I think that would be really interesting. For, right, to, but, to, to, but de- to develop. he is a really a non-negative thinker. Like he is a right. he is a kind of anti-Hegelian thinker par excellence. I think because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's just take the Christian event for him, right? So mm-hmm. event as Badu sees it is is a miracle. It's like something mm-hmm. the the cause exceeds the effects right mm-hmm. and and but so he what he likes about and, and he writes a book on Paul not on Christ to talk about the Christian event mm-hmm. because Paul doesn't focus on at all on the suffering of Christ right like mm-hmm. it's not about the passion of yeah. Christ it's precisely about the resurrection and the life mm-hmm. right so so mm-hmm. for Badu the 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 negative part and i think i would include the failed event in this doesn't have any he has no truck with that right like mm-hmm. event is a all that negativity belongs to the situation i think he would mm-hmm. say and mm. it's he's a kind of it's funny that he's friendly with lee edelman cuz yeah. in a certain way they're totally opposed to each other that's that's very funny. Yeah, you know, like yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah. like yeah. like Badu absolutely rejects the notion of death drive. He mm-hmm. absolutely rejects it. He goes, "I don't think we're driven to seek our own death." And every time it gets explained to him that that's not what that means, <laughs> uh, he does. He just he forgets. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then he forgets and says the same thing. But but in a way, he would be against it even if he did 
see what it really meant, right? Like because mm-hmm. it is that insistence on negativity right. that that Badu doesn't see as radical and sees as just reducible to the situation. So I think that that's mm-hmm. I, I think there's no way he could integrate what you call you know this failed event or anything like that into mm-hmm. his into his thinking. That's interesting. So like like the the idea of a um of a, a so I mean this is central to to Lee's uh uh system but like like a roiling negativity like this like constant torsion he he, he cannot have it and no. I, and he and even like the thing we said earlier that I that I really like that that like the the contradictions in the situation produce the event like that yeah. that 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 torsion that, that he cannot so accept that right he couldn't he accept, accept that, that. yeah that's no. That's that's interesting. I no, find because that's because then the, then the event relies upon the negativity within the situation, right? And that just right. that just that spoils it for him. You know, mm. it, it would it would it would it would it would tarnish. I think the pure positivity of the event mm. for him. Well, so speaking of a little, I don't want to say con- conflict's too strong a word, but uh, a little bit of uh, friction. Let's say this uh, the. Slavoj Zizek and uh and, and Alon Baju. Uh Zizek, who has um who has stuck his neck out, who has called it in the air and called what's happening in Iran uh, a, a universal a universal struggle. Right. He and said a few, the same a few thing. days ago. He came out with a few his days statement. ago. Yeah. He said the same thing about um about Ukraine. He has this really great line. Oh, was it, did he only say this in the plenary he gave at um Jamie's uh conference at Dartmouth? No, no, about, he came out with a statement about Ukraine. Okay. He has this great, okay. Little video. So there's this great line formula of universality. Uh, I think is really nice. He, he said, uh, Ukraine is fighting for the freedom of Russians. Right. Really, really nice. Really, really nice line. I, you know, my, my, uh, you can, can you get it in, 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 in seven, nine fewer words? Uh, you know, the, the the idea, I think that that you really, it's a success. Yeah. That's a success. So, um, so, but he's, uh, he's also, uh, written about the event, a more recent book, 2014. Um, and so just t- to talk about a little bit about their, about their history and sort of like the role that, uh, Zizek has in, uh, I guess, I guess I'll put it this way. Like he's, a, he's a central reason why, um, uh, Western readers know Baju. Is that, I that, would go so far as to say, Ryan, not a single person listening to this podcast would ever have heard of Alain Badu if it wasn't for Slavoj. But big, that's probably going too take. far. That's probably that's going too far. But and and he made him known through his attacks, not attacks, but friendly <laughs> criticisms of him, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and and made him seem like someone worthy to be criticized. Interesting. So, yeah. And, and what very respectful this? criticisms, but nonetheless criticisms. And yeah. And then, I mean, his, so before Slavoj wrote on him, being an event wasn't translated into English. So mm-hmm. his major work wasn't translated. So that's, it seems like you can draw a direct line about that. Where but, did, um, where did Slavoj first uh, bring him up, bring him into his... Okay, it's early. It's yeah. really early. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I think he's in a footnote of For They Know Not What They Do. So 91, mm-hmm. 92. But mm-hmm. the big thing is, so this is 99 in Ticklish Subject, there's a whole chapter on Badu. So there, he goes okay. through, maybe not a whole chapter, but at least a part of a chapter, maybe a whole chapter. He goes through Ranciere, he goes through these Altasarit people the thinkers influenced by Altasar, 
mm-hmm. or who were out to say are students. So I think there's a thing on that. Ba- I think there's four. I think there's one on, it's on Balabar on, I haven't looked at this in, since 99 when I read I'm, it. So I'm, no, no, listen, I'm looking at it right now because I have it by the, um, Am I right? I it's right I think there's one on Balabar, one on Badu, one on Ronsier, and one on Laclau. Is that right? Uh, this is... So I've got... Um, okay, so I'm just going to read you the thing here. Um, okay. The Deadlock of Transcendental Imagination, or Martin Heidegger as a Reader of Kant. Uh, then The Hegelian Ticklish Subject, that's a chapter. And then we've got The Split Universality, The Politics of Truth, or Alain Badu as Reader of St. Paul. And then... Uh, the other named philosopher in the title of the chapter, I can look uh, if you want me to. Inside is uh, Butler as a reader. Of Freud. Oh, okay. So no. So, so but there's some point in one other, and maybe an earlier book where he talks about all four of these mm-hmm. disciples of Althusser together. But I think, okay. yeah, I think Badu almost gets a whole chapter to himself there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Balbar is definitely, definitely in this book uh, a, a lot, um, from what I remember. But uh, yeah, anyway, continue. That's my only point. Yeah, that, that he really okay. <laughs> he really propelled him into that. But what's interesting is Slavoj didn't really have a concept of event until Badu. So he writes Ah, there we go. Event is a very is a later book, but it's a case. I don't think there's that many things where Badu is influencing Slavoj, but event is one of them. Like I think he really because for for prior to encountering Badu's thought, it was all about the act for Slavoj. And right, I think right, Badu, right. I mean, he still talks about the act, but even t- now, but I think the emphasis on the event comes and the decision to write a book on the event comes from Badu. And one piece of evidence for this is he writes a book on the event in 2014. And I think this is true that there's one reference to Badu in the entire book, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, it's a little too much on Badu's thing. So I, what, how do I show that that's true? I don't cite him. Right, like don't cite him at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To show, yeah. to show, uh, to show the influence. You do. well, that's that's uh, Foucault's point, right? About it's Foucault. Well, it, it, yeah. I think it's absolutely true that when when some, when when someone isn't cited in a thing where they it seems obvious they should be cited, then you know, okay, their influence is much much greater than maybe it should be. Even, but I do want to say one thing about a couple yeah. things about Slavi. So he 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 says, of course, it is what we just said. It is that it it reshuffles the deck it it uh it, it it's a it's an effect that exceeds its causes right so those mm-hmm. things and then he says and this is i think the other the point that he adds that badu doesn't i think badu wouldn't disagree with this but i think this is his slavoy's hegelian bent that leads him to mm-hmm. say this that the event is completely noctreglic right like it it rewrites mm-hmm. everything that came before it it's a, it has a retroactive effect. So mm. once an event occurs, everything in the past seems different than it is now. Like, like let's say this movement in Iran is successful at, let's go all the way, like toppling the, the theocracy, right? Like mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. everything about this revolutionary period from 79 to 2020, let's say 23, mm-hmm. uh, will be seen differently, right? It'll be seen as this, yeah. oh my God, we had this period of horror and now we're out of it. Just like you could say maybe the liberating of the camps was that mm-hmm. kind of event. And then everybody afterward was like, wow, the 12-year Reich was this horrible time in, in Germany too, right? Like, like that, that, gets, yeah. that the, the past gets 
rewritten. And I think that's well, that's one of the parts I, that Slavoj adds. Yeah, go. Yeah, can I give a a, a mundane as we yeah, like yeah. to do? Like yeah. to give a given a you know a, a a big important example and a mundane example. I think this is. I don't. I don't think this is anywhere more prevalent than in sports. Like I, I think the 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 end, like the end of a uh, of a of a sporting contest, the end of a season, has the absolute authority to rewrite everything that came before it. Right. And it happens in this in this way that like when when a team that is expected to win uh, wins, it's it, uh, it's inevitable. But it also works the other way when the team that's not expected to win beats the team that is expected. You retroactively it was like oh well the seeds were in the beginning you could like, see it like coming it, it, you could you see, could it, see coming. it coming you know it it, it 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 works that way that is the that, that's just like this ultimate um sanction um on uh on meaning so i think i think that um it's, so the trick and and i think slavoy is uh i don't know that necessarily this is in the his theory that's in that book event but it is in his political practice like we're trying to acknowledge this like the split a little bit between what ends up in the philosophy yeah. the philosophy and then what the philosopher does yeah. as a political practice. So the trick is, isn't, I think I would put it this way. The trick is to put the, uh, the, uh, the noctroglicite, the, the trick is to put retroactivity while in the moment of something simultaneous unfolding. Right. Like that, right. that's the trick. Right. Because right. otherwise what you're doing is you're, you know, you're not calling it in the air. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting for it to play out. And then like, ah, no, of course the theocracy was going to crush the revolution. Right. That was right. inevitable, right. you know, like, like, and, and, and I think even I, I might, I might almost go so far as to say that like even acknowledging that that is uh, detrimental to the, uh, the, the possibility of, of, of revolution and radical act. Um, like, I, I think that you, I, I don't know. Like, I think that the, the, um, I don't know that you, you that the 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 pro, the process the process of of revolution itself has to be seen by participants as achieving the end as they're as they're doing it. And, right, and I not, agree with that. I agree not with not that. be waiting for the end to be achieved. Right, yeah, you think that makes right. sense? Yeah, right. It can't be external, right? Like that's the right. W- yeah, that's the key as we point. started with Heidegger. Yeah, it yeah. Can't be external. yeah. I think that's yeah. the key point. And I do think I want to ask you about the sporting event that I think was most evental of the 20th century. And that is, uh, you know what I'm going to say, I think. Oh, you know and, what you're going to say. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, the U.S. hockey team victory over the Soviets yes. in 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most people would, ag- it's not just jingoism on our part. I think most people would agree with that. That, you, you know, I think Herb Brooks said in his speech, if we played 10 times, they may win nine. I think it would be more accurate to say if they played 100 times, the Russians would win 99, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it was that lopsided and there and 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 a lot of people don't know this but Russia changed the coach just a few months before the Olympics mm-hmm. and and their longtime coach was fired for this mm-hmm. guy who was more more of a party apparechnik and so that mm-hmm. and he and he made a, a terrible decision which probably he pulled the goalie after the first period which probably cost them the the match because no one could score on the, I mean, just two, there were just two kind of lucky shots that scored on him. Mm. Uh, and then the other second team goalie gave up two goals, which and the, they, they lost by one. But my question is, is that, did that change the pass? I'm, I'm almost tempted to say it didn't because 
no one thinks like, oh, there were already chinks in the armor. No, people still think it was a real miracle. Like it just, there, there were no yeah. real antecedents for it. Well, can I give you, can I give you another reason why I don't yeah. think? Yeah. That it, they, that, that's not the gold medal game. I don't think anyone remembers this. They, I remember. <laughs> they it. had to beat. Yeah. You had to beat Finland. Okay, so yeah. yeah. They had to beat Finland in the next game. So I think like it, and but if they lost, do you that, notice that if they lost to Finland, they would have only gotten a bronze. Ah, interesting. So it wasn't <laughs> like because they had this weird point system. So it wasn't like they were in a oh, tournament okay. at the end. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. I. I mean. I think that. I. So I'm. I might. I don't know if I, I think that, that if they had won and then lost to Finland, I think it would still have, it would enjoy uh, an outsized status yeah. relative to the achievement. I think in le- probably for jingoistic reasons, but I think th- that it, it needed the victory over Finland to, uh, to, to, to validate, to, to, the, yeah. like to, to, to show fidelity, to make the prior thing, okay, uh, good. The, the event. Good. That's yeah. what that, I think that's what I would say. So I think that's, that's another part of the reason why that particular victory, not, not, not a, cause it wasn't at the uh, end. Event, capital E. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. But I do think that, uh, there should be, I think there should be much more talk of sporting events. I mean, obviously there's a pun because, <laughs> Yeah, every sporting event is a sporting event, but there should be certain sporting events that are, you know, like when you Mm. see it happening, you're like something that doesn't fit within the, you know, yeah, and the the situation is going on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I think like every, I mean, every great, uh, every great comeback story, right. Is, is like, is that kind of, is is that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so just to, to, um, to, wrap a bow on uh, on Slavoj's contribution here it's it's a it's it's three things which is that the event i think we started with this the event is something that exceeds its causes yeah um and it reshuffles the symbolic structure or what budju would call the situation it reshuffles the situation and then the big thing that he adds to the idea is that it it, in effect it reshapes the past it makes uh you know it's a little it's a little bit like um uh, I, I've, I've probably mentioned this in the podcast before, but I, I do like, uh, Frank Kermode's, uh, sense of an ending. Oh yeah. Um, and this, this is his point about Kairos that, um, I think is really good is that it's not, uh, Kairos, uh, which is sometimes in, in the, um, in Aristotle's rhetorical system is sometimes, uh, uh, understood as the right word at the right time that it like it really like it's Kairos needs to be understood to put it in uh Coen brothers terms. It's the, the rug that really ties the room together. It's like the thing that it, it brings all the, these other elements uh, and, and um, affixes them. Um, but what Kermode is keen to emphasize about it is it's not like an end in itself, but what it does is it retroactively makes apprehendable a middle yeah. that there, there wasn't before. So yeah. there, so it, so he says he says middle because he's talking about it in narrative terms, but it's very similar to what you just said. Like like this, like um, w- what's happening in Iran. Like you know, again, if the theocracy is toppled, then like you look at that period of time as a trajectory. Right. But if if that doesn't happen, then it's just uh, what he called it's just chronos or humanly uninteresting chronicity. It's just <laughs> wow, time. that's great. Yeah, 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 great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty great, Ryan. I, I I now am seeking around in my head for the lesson, so I'll, I'll just I'll turn it. I I have one in mind, but I I'll I'll let you. What's the lesson, Ryan? I th- I think the lesson. Um, I think a little. Um, 
a little bit against what uh, a little bit against contemporary docs. I think the, the lesson is to see. Don't worry, darling. Is that wow? Is that is that fair enough? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, can you, okay, you elaborate? So we'll, Why? I do, but here's the thing. I want to I want to elaborate on it. Um, but to say for people who have interest in seeing the movie, you should stop listening to the rest of the podcast. Um, so because we want to talk about it for about. Let's know, not. Do, but, uh, let's you want to talk about it? No, let's not. Okay. Let's just. That's a good lesson, and that's a good okay. way to stop the event. And I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. So because people should see it. It's or a, I think this is where where you would have gone. Or you should watch Miracle. Well, that's what I was going to say, but I think we're going to yeah. just stick with Don't Worry, Darling, and we'll save Miracle for some other time. Okay. All right. All right. Over and out, Todd. Over and out, Ryan. 